Yum, 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 yum. I hope I kept all these. I want to make like a super cut at some point. Just all of them. Oh, welcome to Finding My Yum. Um, Hello. So today uh, we have Erica Falinski on, who is um, a therapist. She works with LGBTQ uh, communities, non-monogamy, all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And we brought her on because we are having, this is one of many talks we're going to have critically thinking about consent. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I was super excited to do this. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I did go to a sex party at the end of last year and um, had a boundary violation and um, a consent issue uh, for for a lot of things that happened, a a lot of, um, a lot that happened within it um, involved like consent with myself and consent with the other people. Um, and so it's, it's really brought up a lot in terms of the conversation. I also watched morning show, mm-hmm. which is on Apple plus and bombshell. And what I thought morning show did really, really well was talk about the nuance and subtlety of what rape culture looks like, what sexual misconduct and abuse in the workspace looks like. Um, and how it's just insidious, like it infects every single part. And it's not always this explosive, violent type of thing. It can be really normal looking because we've normalized a lot of the behavior. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I just think that that like I haven't seen either of those pieces <laughs> of media yet. But <laughs> I do, do think that it's part. Do. Yeah, I, but I do think it's a part of a bigger conversation, which is something that you've been wanting to get into as well, which is like we are we're now grappling with what does consent and what does that, what do those lines look like and how do we talk about them? And yeah. so I think it's a, I think it's an important thing for people to be paying attention to at the very least. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Erica brings up so many amazing um, tools and aspects of trauma mm-hmm. uh, responses and sort of the definition of consent and how we can artfully utilize it in our daily life and in, in sexual practice. Um, it's really interesting because after we, finish this interview um i think i had decided that if we had this conversation this 45 minute discussion of consent would somehow make what i experienced like fixed or go away or resolved in some way and my immediate reaction when we finished was like oh that wasn't what i wanted um and so upon like reflection i think it's really important to point out that we did, in fact, have a really beautiful conversation about yeah. consent. And what I did not get was a therapy session <laughs> where I really got to delve right. into the fact that I this affected me more than I realized and then I wanted to admit and talk about. Um, Which I think is a very, just to, to your credit, a very brave thing to, one, understand about yourself, but then, two, be able to say, oh... That's not what I was really feeling. I need, I can own myself, my my own part of that, and, yeah, and then thanks. continue to look for a fix or not fix, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, understanding. And, and I think that was the big takeaway as I was re-listening to it last night. I was like, oh, I would like to go to therapy again, and um, I I had a therapist for a while, and um, you know, it's just expensive, but I think it's worthwhile because I just didn't think I realized how much. It, it was playing on me and sort of my decisions and, and, and just my thought process around it. And so anyways, I'm saying this in order to also just reach out to anybody there who 
is listening who has had a similar experience and is looking for support, um, we will put resources. Um, but this is a really useful conversation, super thought-provoking. Uh, I think the more that we talk, the more that we realize there's just so much. And the more you talk about it, the more almost confusing it becomes and enlightening at the same time. It's this weird sort of dichotomy that exists. So please enjoy. Um, and yeah. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. You see me. Yay! Welcome to Finding My Yum. I am so excited. Today we have Erica Falinski here, who is a licensed therapist with an emphasis on um, informed care for trauma, uh, works with sex positive community, LGBTQIA, um, consensual non-monogamy, all the good stuff. Thank you for being here. Yay! Um, this is a special episode uh, where we are focusing primarily on consent. Um, I'm, I just want to preface by saying I had a, I've been exploring within the sex positive community. Mm-hmm. I've been to several sex parties now and I had a particular experience at the last sex party that really brought up um, a lot of even my stuff with consent and I felt like my consent wasn't asked for and boundaries were crossed. And I think it plays a lot on this bigger discussion that I would like to have about the subtlety about consent, Mm -hmm. what it looks like, um, ways that we're improving ways that we can, we can talk about and, and, and dive in. And so I'd like to start, um, I think I just want to dive in because I think your expertise will just come out and I'm just excited to speak about this. But I'm going to start with the Webster definition of consent, which is permission for something to happen or an agreement to do something. So that's relatively basic um, in terms of of what the word is. And I think we, we spoke a little bit about like it's not just yes and it's not just no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you have a definition from Planned Parenthood, right? Yes. Planned Parenthood has an amazing um, definition uh, regarding consent for sexual activities. Um, And remember, sexual activity isn't just like penis, vagina, sex looks like so many different things and sex can also mean like any physical contact really with a person like you had intent to just like make out with this new person Mm -hmm. and they're kind of crossing those boundaries like really remember like people's physical boundaries can be very very personal so basically Planned Parenthood has like the acronym FRIES Mm -hmm. Which is so, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love some French fries, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so basically, um, it is freely given, no coercion, no manipu- no manipulation, not under you know the influence. Um, yeah, it's kind of that you gave this consent, the other person received the consent because it is both given and received. Right completely freely and that that consent is reversible at any time mm-hmm. it, it you 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 is are that the r yeah the r really is reversible, mm-hmm, reversible. Mm-hmm. and that it is informed because you know people you know should be um 
informing the other person about their STI status. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it depends on what level of uh, contact you are having in terms of what you are doing. But, you know, these are things that you should be informing one another about. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you should be informing a person. There's so many different things about that you should be informing a person about. STI status isn't just the only thing. But informed consent is... So basically, there's no surprises. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Or it's like if you have a particular spot that kind of like triggers you into um, a really uh, mental space that's negative for you or really positive, these are things that, you know, we should be telling people. Right. Um, it should also be enthusiastic that, hell, yeah, like this is something I want to do. Um, and yeah, that's like, cause we shouldn't just aim for like, mm, I'm, I'm, mm, mm. yeah. Right. And, and it should also be specific. Cause like where I was also mentioning like, oh, you know, I'm giving like where it's like freely and, or it's like we're taught when I was saying in general about consent, like where making out versus right. sex, like, you know, whatever sex may look like. If you are giving consent to go up to a person's apartment to make out with them. Right. And then they violate consent by touching genitalia. They are violating consent because right. you gave consent for one specific thing. Right. So that, that's where we really need to look at all these different aspects of consent. Consent isn't just one, oh, that this is what it is. I give yeah. permission. That makes sense. Um, I guess I'm curious about to because I feel like that word has been thrown around much more as of late. Thank oh, goodness. Yeah. But when I was growing up, it wasn't even like I don't even remember this being a topic of conversation. And as far as my conception of what sex looked like, it was you keep the tension and the sexiness by you, you have to like have a mental connection with the person where they just know what the fuck is going <laughs> on inside your head. They get to figure it out. And then if it doesn't work, they're not the one for you and they're not your Prince Charming. <laughs> and that was like a very big message for me and how I operated with relationships. And so uh, like did consent particularly, and you can weigh in on this too because I can't, I don't know mm. the particular time, but like, did it come, was it, is it tied specifically to the Me Too movement? Is that really where we started like having a very big conversation about like what it, what it is and what it looks like? I think it came about earlier than that, but I think it, did, I, I also agree that when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of conversation about that when you were saying that it was making me think back to like, how do I know if a girl wants me to kiss her? Like, uh, I was, I was told, and this is a little weird to think about now, but it's like, oh, if you like, you know, if she's playing with her hair, then she wants you to kiss her, or, or play, like jingling her keys, or whatever, right outside like, of the door, and like, like waiting for somebody just to like come ask. in. Or like, <laughs> I, I think about a quote from the movie Hitch, where he's like, "You go ninety percent, and they come ten, or whatever, you know." And it's like, and even in that case, at least you're not going all the way. But it is, mm-hmm. it there wasn't ever a dialogue mm-hmm. component. And the thing is, we we can't fully abandon those parts of consent that are about eye contact, sure. about how we slow our tones of voice, 
and and quicken her breathing a little bit and you know right. like those parts the physical are still yeah. because if we because that part about consent isn't sexy mm-hmm. now consent is sexy as all get out it's so and and, and the thing <laughs> is the sexiest yeah thing. it is the sexy yeah. because if, if, if a person is giving consent that's the sexiest thing but it's also sexy if a person can communicate their boundaries and the other person says you know what I totally respect your boundaries yeah. and I'm gonna honor them mm. wholeheartedly mm. because I heard you mm-hmm. because they are hearing you and seeing you and respecting you but also part of the message of you know where we're kind of just getting into really the weeds of consent and you know where me too is this huge topic where we're just barely kind of getting into it it kind of gets into which unfortunately is much more of like you know this cis het normative societal message but it right. doesn't really function that way but it's just kind of like the message that's yeah, of, of you know the gatekeeper version of sex that somebody is the haver of sex and somebody is trying to get the sex mm. now granted even though this still kind of works this way even outside of cis het female male yeah it is still kind of the societal view of the woman has it the man wants it and is trying to get it mm. interesting yeah it's and and the transactional of course and and it's the a pursuit and it's mm-hmm. inherently there was supposed to be like a woo to mm-hmm. get the thing right. and you know also the woman's value is in her you know if, if you have too much sex, if you've had too many sexual partners, I mean, in in many places, like in the, or lack of sex ed, they teach, you know, if, if your tape is stuck to too many people, it will no longer be sticky and you won't have value. Oh, I never got the tape meta- metaphor. That's horrible. That is that's awful. Well, or or if, yeah. if you, you are chewing gum and if you're chewed by too many people, you 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 don't have any flavor yeah, and you get to get yeah, away. No, no, nobody wants you. Oh. And but the men, you know, that they are supposed to pursue you. They're supposed to want to get you. They're supposed to try and do whatever they can to get you. Well, and I think that there's a biological sort of facade that we've on under as well of that like men are the sexual ones male like presenting people are the sexual ones who are there to spread their seed Mm -hmm. and because women can only get pregnant every nine months we can't spread our Mm -hmm. seed that much and so therefore we are the lesser sexual beings and Mm -hmm. we like we're waiting around Mm -hmm. essentially absolutely for men to like peacock um but yeah so it's like this interesting dynamic that has fostered now this culture that we are busting through at this moment mm-hmm. and and it's you know finally becoming sort of okay for women to say like I have sex right I like sex and also becoming more and more open regarding queerness yeah transness and and just it, it is it's barely tippy-toeing into yeah. that but it is becoming more and more open towards like it, that that being a real thing because before it was like 
no, 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 no. That doesn't exist. Right. And, and that is also part of, you know, the picture of what does consent look like with sex? Right. Because it's like a lot of people who have dysphoria might say, I don't want to take off my shirt. I don't want you to touch me there. I want you to call my genitalia a certain name. I want you to interact with this a certain way. And it's, it's, it's good. That's what we need to be understanding in terms of consent. Can you tell me what dysphoria means? So it, it's, you know, most often experienced, you know, in terms of transgender people. But this can be in terms of non-binary people, gender fluid people, gender queer people, um, transgender non-binary people, because transgender doesn't kind of exist in a solely this person is transgender. And it is a sense of this body does not feel congruent to what's in my mind. Oh, that's definitely Okay. Um, so it's, you know, a lot of times people will feel, um, let's say that they grew breasts and it just will feel like these should not be on my body. Right. Yeah. I was just curious what Mm -hmm. the, yeah, um, yeah, no, that's a totally fair and valid question. And probably a lot of people don't know. And and Mm -hmm. that's really helpful. I'm glad you asked it. Yeah. Um, so I think moving forward in the conversation Mm -hmm. for, um, I think there's a couple things at play and I think the media is doing a really interesting job right now of mm-hmm. bringing up the idea of like what consent looks like. Um, I think one of the, the big things about it too, I, 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 just getting back to the enthusiastic <laughs> point is that um, I was at this party for yeah, New Year's yeah. Day and there was a person who was in a work capacity who was like making these balloon animals. Okay. And so I walked up to him and the first question out of his mouth, it wasn't the first question, he said like, yeah. hello, whatever. But then he was like, may I give you a compliment? And it was the first time I've actually been asked that by mm-hmm. somebody. And because of the dynamic of him being in a work capacity and me like enjoying myself in like a more social aspect, I appreciated that he even uh, asked the Mm -hmm. question because I was like, yes, you're correct. I could feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then I could feel uncomfortable in this space where I'm trying to have a good time. And so it it was like a slight thing of um, how awesome consent can be because then everybody's enthusiastically like, yes, I want you to put your hand there or do this or kiss me or, you know, do whatever you're doing because I want it and you want it too. Um, And I just think that that's something that gets overlooked of, uh, um, you know, just like that it can be a little bit um, crunchy. But I think something we were talking about earlier, Will, was that maybe let's talk about um, examples for how how does somebody take away consent, withdraw consent? What does that look like and how can people actually say that? And then also, what does it look like to check in authentically and give people, mm-hmm. a, you know, the opportunity to honestly yeah. give feedback of whether they're consenting or not? Um, so good questions like during are either or questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also ask yes or no questions, but those can be a little bit more vague. Those can lead to those okays. Mm. But 
um, depending on it, like also reading the person's body language because bot, you know, body language does tell us a lot. Is the person arching their back? Are they moaning? Are their eyes kind of like rolling back a little bit in that good, positive way? Are they um, giving you back the same sort of body language contact uh, that you're giving them? You can just say, like, I'm checking in, you know? Is, is this good? Like, do you want more, harder, faster, slower? Yeah. Like, I mean, and these are, just because they are so up front, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't make them bad because they can also, like I said, in the, that tone of voice, right. it can be so sexy. And the, there's things that you can do, like just things that seem kind of, just because you're thinking of them and consent can't be sexy, checking in can't be sexy, right. but we've kind of always done them. Mm. I mean, if you've, think about when, um, let's say during oral sex, you kind of look up and check in with the other person by looking mm-hmm. at them in the eyes totally. to kind of see, get that feedback of, how am I doing? And right? <laughs> yep, I, I'm, yeah, I'm getting totally. kind of chuckles. Like everybody, yeah, everybody's kind of thinking, yep, yep. Like, uh-huh. I think I'm doing a good job. Am I? Uh, yeah, right. Or, or, or like, am I? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, yep. Right. And that that's a way of checking in. And and if somebody, because sometimes people will, they 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 kind of won't say anything. Or you could say, hey, give me some feedback. Should I go slower? Guide my hand. Guide my, like, give me, let me know what what works for you. Right. Because you want to please, like, I mean, I'm guessing we all want to please. Yeah. (laughs) Like, pleasing another person is sexy. It's, It's good. It's fun. Right. And... I think think one of the things that I was, and you started to touch on this too, was... um, one of the things that I've struggled with at times has been mm-hmm. like, how is the appropriate way if I'm not getting checked mm-hmm. in with? And there's a mm-hmm. point where I am like, you know what? I'm actually not feeling this tonight or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I will tend to, as a man, sometimes go through that like, well, I'm I'm the man, so I'm supposed to be like, hell yeah, I got sex. We sure. did it. I got to right, do right. this. <laughs> I can't say no now because I might never have sex again <laughs> or, or whatever. Right, right. The <laughs> um, consequences are dire. Right. So just all this yeah, stuff's kind of yeah. going through my head. And then when I start to feel that, I'm like, I should communicate something and the, and my, on my flip side what's going through my head is like I might never see this person again like this person will all of a sudden have blue balls or whatever you know and mm-hmm. then somehow I will be the tease that you know did something wrong mm-hmm. because I had consented previously or I had said I think I think that's a big thing about consent and even this like most recent experience is like the initial conversation, I said yes. Mm-hmm. I agreed to what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then what I thought was going to happen did not happen. Okay. And so it was a moment where I was like, oh, I got confused. I was like, did I cons- did mm-hmm. I consent to that? You know, like it gets confusing in your own head if you're like, okay. oh, okay. Well, did I consent to that? Nobody's checking in. So okay. it gets very like gray. Mm. So yeah, consent can be a gray area. But that's also part of the reason with specific consent and also saying, 
Um, like also it is important to check in with yourself yes. because if you're starting to get that feeling of like, mm, mm, yeah, taking a deep breath and being like, like, oh, it's okay to, let's say, pull a person's head up. Like, not in a, like, you know, right. but like, in a way of, you know what, this, this, I, I need to, let's, let's either move on to something else and say like, yeah, like, oh, let's work on that. Because there's lots of different ways to talk about it and also to check in about it later to discuss what was and wasn't working. Or if it's not working for you in that moment about like, hey, you know, I, weren't we going to do X, Y, Z? Because this is, you know, LMNO. Right, right, right. right. Well, I think that's another part of it that gets, Harry is like having personal consent Mm -hmm. and like, and checking in and being like, I think that's, I, I think a lot of females and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but a lot mm-hmm. of female friends that and and myself included, and I don't know if you've experienced this, mm-hmm. but the idea that be, we I can talk myself out of a lot of stuff without giving myself permission to just feel the things that I'm feeling, like you were just saying, because mm-hmm. it's not talked about a lot. They're like your feelings are okay, and they they're right. They're right. You're allowed to feel what they are, and you don't have to feel any particular way. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course, all feelings are valid. Yeah. But it and doesn't mean that they're serving you. Sure. So, you know, when you start to get into that, this feeling about like, oh, this doesn't feel like there's some sort of icky feeling, like this icky gut feeling. Yeah. Yes, it is valid. But why do I feel this icky gut feeling? Mm-hmm. There's a reason that this is here. What is it serving me? Because this icky gut feeling is telling me something. Right. There is something wrong. Okay, I need to check in with this. I need to trust it. And is it serving me a positive thing to like say like, ooh, I need to, I need to like step up a second and like go over here? Or this is from some like past thing that it's reminding me of about some like ex who would do something similar, but this isn't about this. This is about this positive thing that, you know, I'm trusting and exploring because sometimes that, you know, it's not the same, but sometimes it is some icky thing that's like, ooh, I need to trust this gut feeling. Right. Um, and you know, we, we need to take a second and look at that. And I think that that's the takeaway from both of those experiences and Mm -hmm. moments you're talking about is taking the second that I don't feel like is talked about enough or emphasized Mm -hmm. of it's okay to take the second, you know, obviously also talking about situations where you have the ability to take a second, um, and, and to like check in and say something. You spoke about trauma reactions, yeah. and so I think that's a good time to <laughs> yeah. check in on because what those this are is because, basically right. a lot of what you're saying goes a lot into you know the kind of trauma informed care that I work with, and also a lot of it that a lot of people are less informed about. Yeah, <laughs> you know, my trauma informed care people are less informed about, <laughs> but um, so. 
you know, obviously not everybody has, you know, PTSD to the point that, you know, it's at a diagnosable level. And, you know, in essence, diagnoses aren't that important. It's more about the symptoms that you're experiencing or the the things that you've experienced in the past, things like that. Um, And also, in terms of, you know, the ways that we react to things uh, we pretty much everybody has heard of fight or flight. A lot of people may have even heard of freeze in terms of, you know, oh, if the big bear is coming after you, freeze. Um, but very few people are familiar with the fawn reaction. Um, and that, like, the simplest, simplest way to put it is to, like, befriend the danger, to love up on it. If you're the people pleaser, the one who feels guilty when other people are upset, the one who feels like can't really say no, the one who like feels responsible for other people's reactions, like you may take on too much. You, you're like, oh, I, I gotta, it, it's, it, it's all okay. Like, no, 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 it's all, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, and, and most people, I was going to say, I can imagine that that reaction could be very confusing for a bunch of different parties, but especially the fawner, because then you're like, I'm doing these things <sighs> that would suggest I am okay with this. Right. And well, also a lot of people who are the fawner are less aware that they, it's, it's more subconscious, mm. but, and they also tend to um, be like, attract also people who are a little bit more narcissistic a li- and they and they tend to be a little bit more codependent again not necessarily saying you are a full on codependent person if you and most people don't fall fully under one subtype like per people sure. who it are, manifests in you, different ways yeah, they, they may also be, different situations mm-hmm. I feel like trigger people who like a lot of people are freeze and fawn mm. or they may have all four subtypes or it, it varies, mm-hmm. but a, a lot of people, you know, like they're like, oh shoot, uh, like people who tend to be more empathic uh, will find themselves being like, oh shoot, wait, <laughs> like yeah. I'm that. Fi-. And when you have difficulty saying no, and then they find themselves in those situations where that person who may gaslight them a little bit, so you know, almost kind of manipulate mm-hmm. their situation to being like no well you're the one who said it was okay right yeah of course yeah mm-hmm. and again that's why okay is a very low mark of <laughs> what we want to get to right um and so that's kind of also where in trauma it's like understanding that's like oh wait this is my trauma response this isn't me just being okay with my life this is what happens when something reminds me of danger Mm. and the interesting thing about that is this is where I get into like my neuroscience brain geek part um is that's basically controlled by our limbic system and that's kind of our primal like lizard brain part and that kind of hijacks the rest of our brain Mm -hmm. especially the frontal lobes which is much more like the executive decision making and also like our limbic system is much more where like the sexual arousal, like so when things sexy are going on, you'll fall back into the primal part of your brain 
And when that completely like hijacks everything, because not like when you're in like the sexy part, you can kind of go back into your frontal lobes, make some decisions. But when you're getting triggered about some PTSD stuff as well or trauma, um, it's much harder. Hmm. But what's really fascinating is we've got this big old nerve called the vagus nerve. You may have heard like about mm-hmm. vasovagal reactions. goes all the way down from our throat, all the way down to our chest, all the way down through our stomach. For women like through like the uterus or vagina havers, I should uh, correct myself, it'll go down to like the coccyx, all that. And that's why sometimes when you encounter something that feels like kind of scary or like feels kind of just bad, you'll feel kind of like choked up in the throat in your Mm. chest or feel that like pit in your stomach. Yeah, I definitely felt that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's like probably 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 the or like trusting your gut kind of exactly. is that connected to that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So we're talking about that. You feel that icky feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Because when you have that icky feeling in your stomach, and it's that emotional reaction, that is one hundred percent. It is actually part of that. Mm-hmm. And there are actually things that you can do to help your vagus nerve, because when you're starting to go into that place and you're getting that vagus nerve reaction, like, you can actually do something to just kind of help take yourself down, like, take, help your limbic system, like, calm down for a second, like, get out of there, Mm -hmm. like, things like, you know, where you're actually kind of massaging it. Like your where your neck, mm-hmm. or um, as Will's doing <laughs> it currently. <laughs> um, one of my one other thing that uh, I like to encourage people to do uh, it's called box breathing, um, where you inhale through your nose for four counts, hold it in for four counts, and exhale through your mouth for four counts. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to remember. It's a little harder to do because sometimes people are like, "Oh wait, it's actually." harder than I realized. Well, it'll like, st- yeah, because yeah. it stops your, your autonomous nervous system. Mm-hmm. Right? It'll calm it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And that's why sometimes people also feel like tingles in their hands right. or in their... And that's the whole thing. It actually... And it also helps tone your vagus nerve. So you have... It'll, it helps it all the... Like, be able to handle these reactions of better over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What are the tactics we can use for people going into situations as being able to give consent and ask for consent? Mm. Because I think, you know, you have to, you don't have to, but it's ideal to own your trauma and to be inquisitive about Mm -hmm. your own body and your own mind. Um, and then on the other side, mm-hmm. do you also have awareness of, you know, what consensual sex looks like? Yeah. Which I think is something we also haven't really seen of like, we're talking a lot now and I think shows are doing a really good job of showing what non-consensual sex looks <laughs> like. But there's not a lot of what does consensual sex yeah. 
not just consensual. What does enthusiastic fuck yeah sex look like on a level of like, you know, almost bit by bit instead of just like these hot sex scenes where, you, you know, everybody orgasms in five <laughs> seconds and like, there's fucking fireworks, you know, but... And so I guess I'm wondering what are what are things people can do because I think a lot of um, male presenting people, especially in like the and I have to speak mostly from like the hetero world mm-hmm. because that is where most of my experience is. But a lot of men I think are confused. <laughs> They're confused. Mm-hmm. There is confusion around it because it feels like we've drawn this really harsh line now and. Anything can be misinterpreted. And I don't think that that's true. I think that there are ways to navigate it and to be mindful. Um, Just to bring up a couple of things that, you know, like I'm going to talk about the morning show a little bit and Mm -hmm. I don't mean any spoilers. But what I think they do a really good job about is like socioeconomic status is huge. Um, Power, like having a higher position and being mindful of even being a bigger person a like a body size is huge when it mm-hmm. comes to somebody's ability to be able to say anything um you know race um e- even like gender presentation mm-hmm. and you know how you feel and so um I guess I want to talk a little bit about that and how how we can start to move into just a more um, open way of dealing with this so that people feel like they have tools so it's not as like mystifying and black and white as mm. as I feel like we've initially presented yeah. it. Um, so those are some very like, I mean... So many. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's I, what I do. I'll just that's see what like, Jerry does. I'm going to no, ask no, a question no, no. and then I'm going to talk for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I, I don't know. Those are... Really good points, and I it, it's it's interesting. I actually think that the BDSM slash kink world has a huge amount to offer yeah. the quote unquote vanilla world um, in terms of consent totally. and um, taking away consent. Um, so initially, and and it's still very commonly used one of the models has been safe sane and consensual um the model that a lot of people are using now and the model that i actually prefer is called uh, risk aware consensual kink Mm. because if you think about it is there really anything that contains zero risk like i mean right no i mean yeah, nothing could take, but being aware of what risks you might be taking in doing what you're doing. Totally. And giving consent to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people use safe words and often there are discussions about how comfortable are you about actually safe wording? Mm, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and I've... Uh, talk to people who have, you know, they've talked about um, boundary issues because somebody didn't say forward or people who say, oh my goodness, the thing I really love about playing with this person is because they do say forward, they will use their yellow. Right. You know, a very common system people use is the um, stoplight system where, I mean, green, it's not really sure but red is stop 
yellow is I need a second, you know, pause here. Green is, woo, every, you know, let's keep going. But right. what's the point of just see, keep saying green, green, green? <laughs> I mean, you could, like, if sure. you're orgasming green, green. <laughs> I mean, that could be fun. Who knows? Sure. You know, yeah. no judgment here. Never, <laughs> never yuck. Anybody else is yum. Yeah. Um, I love the idea, though, of, uh, I think you're just, you're, it made me think of, like, practicing using the safe word, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Um, like, if if I was with somebody and I was going to do that kind of stuff, it would be like, I, I think it would make sense to be like, let's see what that sounds like yeah. before we jump into Coming out of your mouth and right. coming, like, le- how do I say it? Do I feel scared? <coughs> Even, and, yeah. yeah. And different people have different safe words. Sure. So even though the stoplight system is a commonly used one, sometimes people prefer to have a safe word that's totally random. So let's say they're creating some sort of a scene it, it won't come up in it. Mm-hmm. And also, not everybody who's in kink has sex. Sure. Because sometimes that helps them create a mental space outside of sex to then explore something that helps them get out of that to be able to have some sort of consensual sex more freely and openly and loving their body and what consensual sex can look like. Right. Um, and also something that people in kink often do or sometimes do, there are, um, yes, no, maybe lists like regarding different kinks. Right. And that also goes into if you want to explore something new with somebody that maybe you haven't really done before or aren't really familiar with, like, let's say talk about like anal play or whatever. And you're a little hesitant, you're a little maybe, eh, but you're willing to try it with your partner. Like, let's go slow, lots of, lo- like, let's try it. Th- and so that's still informed. Right. And maybe it's not quite as, like, fuck yeah, enthusiastic, right. but it's still, like, hey, we're, we're being specific. We're, it's being, being honest a, Yeah. So that way, the channel. if we do at some point have to, like, reverse consent, like, you know, the, the, this is really hurting. I, 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 we got to stop. Yeah. I think one of the things that just occurred to me, too, is is opening that door of communication immediately so that there it it's not something that has to all of a sudden happen later Mm -hmm. it is from the beginning so that there is an establishment of Mm -hmm. we are communicating we are on the same Mm -hmm. page nothing is being uh assumed by any means Um, i would like to touch on (laughs) one of the myriad of things that i said but the (laughs) but but the the point of like unmindfulness of understanding dynamics that are at play that mm-hmm. aren't spoken about, like uh, size difference, mm-hmm. uh, you know, socioeconomic mm-hmm. status, um, like a power dynamic of, you know, boss and whatever. Uh, because I think that those are now at play, at le- not that they haven't ever been before, they've always been at play, but that's a lot of what we're really talking about. And yeah. I think that's really important in order to even start any mm-hmm. kind of play, if we're not mindful about where we're starting at, it makes it difficult to even have consent at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that also is part of general life mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I think it when we start to confine mindfulness about 
who we are, who the other people are around us, who we're interacting with, our status in life, the other people that we're interacting with, you know, those kinds of things. When we start to uh, confine that only to our sexual partners, mm. we're not going to be able to have that ability, to have that understanding of ourselves, to have that mindfulness ability. Um, to, you know, be able to say, okay, you know what, I need to, like, know where I am in terms of, okay, I'm feeling overpowered or I am feeling like I am overpowering this person because of where I am in terms of socioeconomic status or in terms of this person's relationship with their parents that I'm jealous of. All of these elements in life. Mm-hmm. And that's something where... Also, therapy. Totally. But the, no, but that gives us that self-depth and understanding, which is important. Um, that, you know, we can't just stop at, okay, I'm going to look at my sexual partners like this. Totally. It's, it's a bigger picture because that's something else that consent is, is yeah, where we're starting to have this bigger, like consent, where it's starting to be this one thing that we're starting right. to get into the weeds about, but it's so much bigger. Well, and I think another thing that came up and why this topic of conversation felt so important to me is there's, I I consider myself an intelligent human being mm-hmm. who has done a good amount of self-work. Mm-hmm. And yet, I still got into a situation where I didn't feel like I could speak up in the way that I am obviously capable of doing in other times. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of shame on that side of it of like, um, uh, because it's not, uh, I feel like that's part of the conversation too, of just acknowledging trauma, understanding trauma response and Mm -hmm. allowing it to not be like I did something wrong mm-hmm. or like inherently like that makes m- me bad or, mm-hmm. or like, do you know what I mean? And that's like, I feel like a big part of it too, of like, we're navigating this. Yes. And it feels tricky it's, and messy. And that's the thing. Yeah. It is going to be tricky. It is going to be messy. And also just sex in general yeah. can be <laughs> awkward, <laughs> yeah. like, and mess. Like th- this whole thing is a journey. And, you know, it. we can be intelligent people mm-hmm. and we can have strong, powerful voices and we can get, like, confused and we can get be in just places where it's like, wait, did I say what I really wanted to say in that situation? Or did I, do I feel like now somebody overstepped my boundary? Or when we get into that spinny place of anxiety that like we start to go down that rabbit hole where our brain doesn't stop. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the thing. It's like, we go down that hole and our brain starts to go over and over and over. And that's where that shame and guilt mm-hmm. start to almost overtake ourselves and our... I, I kind of don't like the word self-esteem because, like, I feel like we are 
beings. We are good beings. Like that's just innate. And but it's that shame and guilt start to like gnaw at you. And unless we can take some time and say, you know what, shame and guilt, I don't need you right now. You are not serving me. You can go over there in the corner, sit over there. I don't need you right now. I'm good. This situation happened. Maybe this didn't happen how I wanted it to happen, but I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still loved. I'm all. I'm. I'm okay. I may even have learned like a lesson on the way I wanted to learn it. True. But I'm safe. I'm okay. Yeah. And I know that I'm an intelligent person, and I got this. Like I, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Like and continuing on that, continuing on that, because sometimes it almost has to be a bit of like a mantra to like yeah. keep telling yourself that you're okay. But that that is a little bit of that trauma, telling yourself like your trauma brain, like that you're safe. Yeah. That because sometimes that that little bit of that reaction back here has to be reminded. It's like no, 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 no. You don't get to tell me that I'm not safe. I get to tell you that I am. Right. Right. And, you know, tactics of, like, my feet are on the ground. Mm-hmm. I am grounded. Uh-huh. I, you know, like, I can you naming certain colors. Yep, and really absolutely. Like stopping the overactive mm-hmm. response that um, gets into that more lizard yep. brain and automatic yep. triggering. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I think it's a lot of why people don't speak up as well because there's value in taking responsibility for both sides, right? And seeing where mm-hmm. you, where I can do better, which there's a lot of takeaways from my experience of where I can step up and be, uh, and be more in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it feels like... Um, it's like it's scary to do that and to also be like this person hurt me or um, it was a violation of a boundary mm. and it wasn't it wasn't OK. There's like a stigma around saying that because it doesn't feel good. Like and it doesn't feel good. It feels bad. Boundaries in general are something that we have difficulty with like yeah <laughs> i mean another thing that should be taught in school right next to like <laughs> resume building and yeah <laughs> you know. um <laughs> but no because boundaries are difficult and then in a sexual situation where you are already vulnerable right and you know i i i like to always pre- preach brene brown yeah. And I love Brene Brown. Yeah, like she's and, and she's she's also a social worker and I love her. Yeah. <laughs> and I love her just like Texan, no kind of like BSness. But it's true. Vulnerability is a strength, but we're taught that it's a weakness. Mm-hmm. But it's like when we feel vulnerable and that it's like, oh wait, here I am in the situation of vulnerability mm-hmm. with this person who I may not know super well. Mm-hmm. And then for me to put up this boundary to be like, oh, how, how do I, how do I stop this? Or how do I change this? How do I, right. how do I do this without feeling, especially as a vagina having person or sometimes as a penis having person, mm-hmm. well, well, as a penis having person without feeling too aggressive, 
or or emasculated which is what you yeah, spoke absolutely. about yeah. earlier yeah. right um but as like a vagina having person without feeling like you are being rude or like you're doing like Oh, but I, or I'm, I'm, I'm pushing them. I'm, I, I have to be nice. Right. Yep. So, and then, you know, it's like, how, how do I, how do I change this? How do I move away? How do I, how do I adjust? Right. You know, and, and it's okay to say things like, oh, a little more to the left, a little bit more to the right, or can, can we try this differently? Or, oh, I need a second, or can we try this, or... I, you know what, I, I really need to stop, or this hurts, Yeah, because it is okay, and you know what, sometimes it's okay to be rude, yeah. it's okay not yeah. to be nice, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and totally. even when we are being vulnerable, because first off, we don't have to give all of our vulnerability to everybody, mm. even if we're being sexually, like, interactive, with them because the reason partially I said sexually interactive is because there's a difference between interacting sexually versus being intimate sexually. Mm -hmm. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, then you also come to the idea of like, when is sexual interaction done? Yeah. It's done when you decide it's done. Right. Because that is what consent is about consent is not like oh well i have to wait for like say the the male like the the penis having body to like ejaculate nah right or i don't have to like no it or or if it's about you know two vagina having people for both people to like go down no it is done when one person who is not no longer comfortable like giving consent or if you both are still giving consent you're both just like tired or something or you like dually say yeah we're done yeah, we're yeah. Done. this is done. ended yeah because sometimes yeah. you're like okay we both want to like take a nap and like i don't know eat some food Sure. Some fries. Yes. <laughs> or eat some fries. <laughs> right. Um, well, this has been wonderful. I feel like we didn't crack any code, but I no. think like the more... <laughs> it's funny because I honestly, I feel like the more that I talk about it, the more things come up. Yeah. And the more complicated and also mm -hmm. clearer it gets at the same time yeah. which is a confusing dynamic and I think that this is why it's such a challenging concept um but I so appreciate you coming on yeah. and, and sharing your wisdom and so many even terms and ideas that I had no idea about so oh, yeah. I mean it consent is and sex and just how all of this works is, yeah. is a really ongoing thing and I don't think it will ever be a, like a conversation that is done done yeah yeah it'll keep evolving well where can people find you especially if they yeah. want to like book a um, um, yeah a um so my website is your healing begins here.com um my email address is erica at your healing begins here.com so yeah um and i are you on social media yeah um so if they look up erica folinsky f-o-l-i-n-s-k-y l-c-s-w 
Perfect. I'm on Facebook. And awesome. yeah, well, just kind of so everything much. you're healing be- begins here. Dot like is me. Great. So yeah, amazing. Well, thank awesome. you. So yeah. happy to be here. This was an awesome discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yay! Yay! Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> that was. That was a lot of information. That was a lot. Fries. Fries. Yeah. Freaking fries, man. I love it. Good in every way. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Erica. I, I feel so grateful that you were willing to come on and so prepared. Yeah. Um, so many different aspects to talk she about. She brought her own notes. She did. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, please look her up. She's wonderful. She will also be... Um, She's in Wendy's Summit, mm-hmm. uh, Wendy Shoef, whose episode was last week. So she speaks there. And, um, yeah, she's just active in, in the community. So if you're looking for a therapist, she is available. Uh, as always, please, 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 like, email us. Because yeah. we really, really do want to have these conversations and get feedback about what they bring up, how how it's uh, feeling for you, what's going on in your body and your brain when you listen to this sort of stuff. So uh, email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us or follow us on social media at Finding My Yum Podcast, both on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, slide into those dms yeah. uh and then also please rate us five stars review us share with a friend um we're growing mightily and slowly so we need all the help we can get um we love you stay safe practice consent <laughs> <laughs>